coming up. A lot of people still tie women's roles to reproduction and therefore kind of reduces them to their anatomy and what they can or cannot do. It's very common to see posts praising women for aging like fine wine, for looking very young for their age. They believe that menopause led up to a buildup of black bile. The black bile was often thought to be the cause of different diseases that caused insanity and evil thoughts. That kind of ties to why a lot of these older women were accused of witchcraft. Women often do get called girls, and it's a little bit weird to think about. How come it's so normalized that even women do it all the time? I've definitely done it. Date of recording, January 30th, 2021. Song credit, Trips by Tophamore and Alex Elena. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kari. For today's episode, we're talking about the portrayal of womanhood. And my guest for today is Dasha Chirapko. Hey Dasha, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I think what's an interesting parallel is that I moved back to my apartment this week and you're moving to your apartment tomorrow. Weird parallel. You know, we all just grew up going to apartments and whatnot. We're all going our separate ways. Uh, I feel so old. When I contacted you about this episode, you had to write a college paper about this topic, correct? Um, So the assignment that we were given is to write a blog post about a topic that really interested us in our medicinal history class. So I decided to write about the topic of, well, the... Let me give you the title of the blog post. It's Defining Old Age for Early Modern Women. And I guess to be more specific, early modern European women. So think around like the 1500s upwards. That's kind of the the um, years that I focused on. My paper, I talked about witches. So I want everyone who's listening to, on this podcast right now to think, um, on this podcast, to this podcast right now to think of a stereotypical witch. Probably has a hooked nose, probably is wrinkled skin, and a hunched posture. Personality-wise, she probably has an appetite for what we consider abnormal or immoral, from summoning demons to eating children. But I think that one of the most defining qualities of her is something that she cannot control which is her age, the fact that people label her as old. And I think that if you think back to a lot of the stereotypical witches that you see in folklore, such as Baba Yaga, you see that I'm right. They're all old women. So that had me a little bit wondering about how older women were treated in society in early modern Europe. So this is a little bit vague because as you know, Europe is a bunch of different countries that encompass a lot of different cultures and people, but I still tried to tackle the subject as best as I could. Before I even dived into all of that, I decided, well, how to answer the question, well, how do we think about aging, right? Well, what do we consider old age? So I came across this scholar, his name is Pat Thane, and he said that old age is defined chronologically, functionally, or culturally. Chronologically is pretty simple to think about. So that's basically like I'm 60 years old and people consider that old. Um, Functionality, the way that I understood that is like, 
how are you functioning in society? How is your, maybe even based on kind of how your body is functioning too. And then culturally, like that, is, that encompasses a lot of different factors such as race, class, the lifespan, the average lifespan too. For example, in the early colonies of Virginia, 45 would probably be considered a pretty old age because a lot of them died off due to diseases and other factors. Whereas in most other societies, um, 70 years old or 80 years old would be considered old because if you survived childhood and you, yeah, if you survived childhood, you were probably likely to live that long. So it also depends on the culture that you're going up and the conditions. And people also age at different rates for different reasons, such as disease or poverty or habits. For example, if you're, if you smoke all the time and you drink all the time, you're probably going to look older than other people who are the same age as you. So based on that, I kind of thought that, well, old age is kind of vague. It's hard to define what we consider old because we can have two people in front of us who are exactly the same age, but we can label one old and the other young. So because I was focusing on women specifically, I kind of talked a little bit about witchcraft because um, a lot of older women were the ones who were often accused of witchcraft. Now, I want to point out that there's a class element to this as well. Most of the time that the older women who were accused tended to be poor women as well. So you wouldn't really have these like you, you wouldn't often have, is a better way to put it, because it definitely did happen. You wouldn't often have older aristocratic women get accused. Um, so I was kind of wondering, well, in a more medical sense, how, how would someone define an old woman? And the first thought that popped into my mind was menopause. And the reason I thought about that is because Women's roles in society back then, and even I would say today as well, are largely tied to reproduction. There's this historian named Sarah Tulelan. She said that reproduction played an important role in early modern society up until the 18th century to increase the population and improve the state of the economy. So in order to have children, you, that's not just an honor to your family and to yourself, you're also being a good citizen when you have children. So this was women's role. Now, women also had other roles too, like for example, holding up moral values. That was a very important role. Um, a lot of times their, uh, their um, identity was also tied to the career of their husbands. Um, but I do think that reproduction played a very, very important role in basically how women were seen, how they were, their ex, the expectations placed on them, and what was considered natural for a woman. And I feel like these kinds of sentiments, you can still see echoes of this when we argue about issues such as transgender rights or abortion and stuff like that, because a, a lot of people still tie women's roles to reproduction and therefore kind of reduces them to their anatomy and what they can or cannot do. Um, I 
personally, I don't want to get too political, but I do think that this is a little bit problematic. But that's how it was back then, for sure. Um, from a more medical perspective, those who follow the theory of humoralism, which was most people up until, I want to say, the beginning of the 19th century, when it started to kind of fade away, they believed that menopause led up to a buildup of black bile, which often produced diseases that are associated with um, melancholy. Now, I don't want to equate that to depression because it's a little bit problematic trying to equate different diseases of the past to diseases of the present. But just to simplify it a little bit, it was kind of how they perceived um, depression. So black bile was often thought to be the cause of different diseases that caused insanity and evil thoughts. So that kind of ties to why a lot of these older women were accused of witchcraft because of the buildup of the black bile that they had in their bodies. Um, but I also want to point out that it's very hard to tell what woman is menopausal and which one isn't. Because as I said earlier, women age differently for many different reasons, for many different factors, such as lifestyle, such as just their natural genetic code. Some women start menopause at the age of 45, others start it much later. So it's hard to be able to define old age based off menopause, even though menopause is technically the end of the reproductive function for the woman. So the way that I think about it is that we probably define old age based on outward characteristics. So for example, and that makes, that actually makes the um, characterization of aging based on chrono chronological sense a little bit messed up because you could have this 60 year old woman who has like very clear skin, no wrinkles, and then a 60 year old woman who has all of that. And who would you probably label as old? Probably the woman with the wrinkles, even though they're the same age, right? Yeah. So exactly. So I don't think that we necessarily define old age by how old you actually are or the number of years that you've spent on this earth. We tend to see it more as a physical thing. Like it's a matter of embodiment rather than a matter of time, if, if that makes sense. And I do think I want to connect that back to the media because I do know that Vedant, you are, you are an expert on the media and that's what this podcast is for. I think that relates a lot to what we see when we look at different advertisements. For example, a lot of advertisements target different products to women like anti-aging creams and all of that stuff. And when I go on Instagram sometimes, like it's very common to see posts praising women for aging like fine wine, for looking very young for their age. I think that it all comes down to how we perceive aging as a physical rather than a chronological means. So I do think that because women, I, I think that the way that we see women today, much as the way that we see like, much as the way that we see people of color in the United States is very, very tied down to history. And the reason I say that is that it is because 
aging is more of a taboo. It's more of a taboo for women than it is for men. And I think that that comes right down to the view of women, that they naturally have more black bile in their bodies, that menopause tends to cause like mental illnesses. Um, by the way, when I say that menopause causes a buildup of black bile, I'm referencing a 1584 book called The Discovery of Witchcraft. Even though we don't believe in the theory of humoralism, um, you'd be kind of surprised how little our thoughts about embodiment and the body changes. For example, I'm going to go into the history of medicine a little bit. The theory of humoralism, it was challenged a lot by a lot of different people. There was also the, a different theory by this um, physician. I forgot his name, but basically he challenged the idea. He said, no, it's not about like the four different humors and an imbalance of that. It's actually like these little spirits that live in your body and stuff like that. And instead of treating, um, my point is a lot of times when people came across new treatments and new ideas, instead of changing their views of the body, they would instead adapt it to their views. So I still think that a lot of these old perceptions, I feel like they are still very relevant to us today. Yeah, and you made a good point that, you know, women are praised for looking a lot younger than they actually are. And I've noticed this in the media as well. And there's a double standard here because, you know, men, they're said that it's okay if you look really young for your age, but it's also great if you have like, you know, white hairs and wrinkles. It's considered sexy for some men to have wrinkles and gray hairs. I'm sure you've seen tons of articles about this, you know, celebrities who are silver foxes, celebrities who age the best, like George Clooney or Tom Hanks. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And I think that old age and aging for men, the way that it's portrayed, I don't want to say that it's all positive. But I do want to say that it's treated a little bit more naturally than it is for women. All of these anti-aging creams are always targeted at women. I hardly see any anti-aging creams targeted at men. But on the other hand, what is very popular that's targeted towards men are products that help them retain their hair or hair implants and that kind of stuff. And I think that that once again goes back to the topic of aging as well, because that is what naturally happens to men as they age, they lose hair. So I don't want to say that it's like completely easy for men because it's not. But I do think that women have to bear the most of the stigma about aging. Definitely. And so I want to talk about how it's portrayed in television and film. I was wondering if you've had any experiences with that. You know, women being expected to look a lot younger, whereas men, you know, they're also expected to look younger, but society isn't as harsh on them as they are towards women. To be honest, what pops into my head right now isn't necessarily women trying to look younger, but on the other hand, very, very young women trying to look older. I think that there is a very specific type of age group that the media wants to portray. I think that like a certain ideal woman, I guess, has to be somewhere in her 20s, I want to say, because there's a lot of TV shows and a lot of different movies where 
high schoolers are played by adults, attractive adults in their 20s or 30s. And also younger, younger um, actresses, like the one that I'm thinking of right at the top of my head was Millie Bobby Brown. I know that she's a little bit older now, so I can't use her. But what, back when she was like a young, she's still a young girl, but back when she was younger than she is right now, I feel like there was this pressure for her to dress older than her age. And while I do believe that women have the right to dress however they want, you also kind of have to think about where these women get the, where these young girls get the idea that they have to look a little bit older than their age, right? Yeah. So I think that in, in a lot of the cases, I honestly can't give you much of an example. Do you have any at the top of your head that you can think of? Like e- either or, older women or older men? Older men, older men, I would say obviously Breaking Bad. And for older women, I'm thinking of the show, I've never watched it. It's called The uh, Cougar Town. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh no, but actually, hold on. Now that you say that, Golden Girls. Golden Girls, yes. Ah, I can't believe I forgot that. That was such a good show. I really like that show. <laughs> even though it's pretty old, it portrayed a bunch of old women together. And I think that that was kind of amazing because it's one of the very first shows that I feel that had characters of their age, women characters who were strong, who still had very vibrant personal lives, who like had romantic lives too, who cared about their own career and had their own distinct personalities. I feel like that show was very, very important for portraying older women. Gotcha. And I just have to say this on the podcast, Betty White is a national treasure. She is. I love Betty White. That woman better live to 100. I know. No, not even 100. I hope she's immortal. I had a TV show pop into my head with an older male character. He's not the main character, but um, The Good Place. Oh, yeah, The Good Place with Ted Danson. Ted Danson, exactly. And also, what what other show had that older gentleman? Um, the Larry David show. You're thinking of um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Here we have a perfect list right here on itsrosy.com. It says TV shows past and present featuring strong women over fifty. Um, it says Grace and Frankie, um, Veep, Agents of Shield. One Day at a Time, The Crown, How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, and have you watched the show, Mom? Mm-mm. Born is New Black, uh, Downtown, Downton Abbey. I keep saying Downtown Abbey. And it also says Cougar Town, which I have never watched. I guess it also kind of comes down to what we consider a strong woman as well. I feel like sometimes people have a very limited definition of strong woman. Um, I think that a lot of people tend to think of a woman who's like this hard ass, take no shit, I'm going to beat you with my hockey stick, you know, like that kind of woman. She's like really strong and no nonsense, but I think that there are different types of strong too. And I think that first and foremost, the way that you create the most realistic character is by making them human. And so I wanted to talk to you about something that I've noticed in film and television as well as regular life. So um, I've noticed that when it comes to, you know, male characters, they, if they're over 18, they tend to be 
addressed as men, gentlemen, gents, what have you. But when it comes to women, they're typically called girls. So as a woman, I was wondering if he had any thoughts about that in the media and when it happens to you. So, yes, it definitely has happened to me. I also hear people describing other women as girls. Like, for example, in my store, whenever I'm listening into gossip, um, I hear a lot of a lot of other women calling like 40-year-old women and stuff girls. I find it a little bit strange how normal it is, if that makes sense. So, on a personal level, and this is just me personally, like I don't speak for all women, I don't really care what you call me. I think that that's because I have a very flexible view of gender and I guess myself too. The only thing that I really care about is, for example, if I was in a classroom or something, teaching something and my students were to call me, hey girl, yeah, that wouldn't be okay. So like it depends on the context as well. But I've had people call me all sorts of things. Like when I cut my hair short, someone called me a boy once. I didn't really care. Um, people call me sweethearts and stuff like that. And once again, I personally don't care. For me, I'm like, whatever. As long as it's not something like, hey, dip or something like that. But I know for a fact that it bothers a lot of women. They have a right to be bothered by it. Like, I get it. I completely do. I get why they would be bothered by it. And I do think that moving on from like this personal perspective that I have moving on to the general one, it is kind of weird how when it comes to men, for example, you wouldn't really call them a boy unless, for example, maybe like the situation where you might call them a boy is if you're trying to demean them or it may be if you're like in a very, very close relationship and like you call them my boy or something. I don't know. What's up, boys? The boys, you know, yeah, like, I'm hanging out with the boys. I'm cracking a cold one with the boys. Here come that boy. You know, like, I feel like it's more okay in a casual setting when you know the people very well and it, it's all chill. But in more formal contexts, yeah, you usually hear groups of people who are older than age uh, 18, like older gentlemen called men, gentlemen. And women often do get called girls and it's a little bit weird to think about. How come it's so normalized that even women do it all the time? I've definitely done it before, countless amounts of times, and I never even stopped to think about it because I think it's just so normal, the, the way that we, that we refer to women. I think it also goes back a little bit to our previous conversation about women and aging. I feel like maybe it's a little bit less demeaning to call women girls because behind the word girl, there's that image of youthfulness, of energy of beauty and maybe when we call women girls as a like i mean it's not a conscious thing but maybe what we're implying is that they don't have the negative qualities that are embodied by an older body mm -hmm. and you make a good point i think that you know when women are oftentimes called girls then I don't know if this is something that you agree with, but I feel like most of the time it's not intentional, just something ingrained in our mind subconsciously. Exactly. And those things need to be questioned too. They absolutely do. I personally have called people who are 30 years old girls. I call my cousins girls and my cousins are both in their 30s. <laughs> like whenever I'm describing them to other people, I'm like, yeah, they're good girls. 
I never stop to think maybe I should call them good women. When I when I compliment my brother or talk about my brother to other people, I say, yeah, he's a good man. He's a good gentleman. He's a good husband to his wife. You know, he's a good professor. Yeah, and it's something that I've noticed uh, about four or five years ago with superheroes. Like, you know, you have Superman and Spider-Man, but then when they have a female protagonist, it's Supergirl, Spider-Girl. And although they've started to change it, they have a Superwoman now and a Spider-Woman, but just, it's just so crazy to me just how that happened. And also the show New Girl, like, I don't know if I'm being too PC with it, but I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, with the PC comment, what I'm going to say is, I've heard American culture be criticized for being too sensitive. And I understand completely where they're coming from. But there is also a difference between being sensitive and being critical. And I think that what we're doing right now, or at least what we're trying to do right now, is we're trying to be critical. Because at the end of the day, we can't just blindly accept everything for the way that it is. We have to put a little bit of thought into why we're saying the things that we're saying. And as for the superhero comment, yeah, it is a little bit weird. And once again, I think it's because youthfulness is connected to like energy. And superheroes, they are full of energy. They're con they're full of action. They're always taking down bad guys. So I guess in their minds, girl has connotation with energy and not being old and decrepit. Whereas woman, this seems to be. It, when we think of the word women, I think the first thing that pops into our, our minds is like a more mature lady, like someone who is probably in their 40s or 50s. Because when I think of the word woman, that's what pops into my mind. And that's not really connected with action as much. The only case where I've heard of a superhero being called boy when they're not a boy and a man is Barnacle Boy. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy from Spongebob. But that was played as a joke. Yeah. Because there were, in some of the episodes, like that was literally played as a joke that he was called Barnacle Boy, even though he's this old geezer, right? It's interesting that we don't see the same thing when we talk about superheroes that are women. What can we do to change this culture? Well, it's not going to be easy. That's number one. Because I think that the first step to changing anything in, in a culture is being aware that these things are happening, that women are being talked about in this kind of way, that they're being seen in this kind of way. And a lot of people, I feel, like you brought up the PC comment, right? I feel like a lot of people are going to think that this is a non-issue. Just because they personally are fine with calling women girls or with um, being called a girl as a woman. They kind of tend to look at their personal lives and the people around them and superimpose it on society as large. So then they kind of assume that, oh, if I'm comfortable with it, then everyone should be comfortable with it. Why can't they be comfortable with it? They're just being overly sensitive. So I think that we need to raise awareness of it, but we also have to be ready to debate with people about it. To debate people about it nicely, by the way, because people aren't going to listen to you if you're being condescending to them. Step two, I mean, as people working for the media, like yourself, when you guys are 
producing different types of works. For example, if you're like a film director or you're casting roles for a film, I think that you should be a little bit more open to giving older women a role that maybe you traditionally would have a 20 or 30 year old to play. I mean, as long as it's reasonable, you're probably not going to have a 70 year old woman play like a stripper who, who fights crime during the day. Like that's a little bit too much for an old retiree. I don't think that they would <laughs> do that. So once again, within reason. Also, I comment, that would be an awesome movie to watch. So maybe that should happen. <laughs> Someone make this movie about the superhero 70 year old stripper. Oh. Anyway, sorry, got distracted by myself. Yeah, I think that it's all about portrayal and changing the way that we talk about it in the media. Also, unfortunately, with the skin companies, we're always selling these anti-aging creams. They're not going to stop targeting women. They're making money from this. They're attacking people's insecurities and getting them to buy uh, these creams. And it works because my mom, she, she looks very good for her age. And I don't think I'm being biased. People have told me that too. But she buys a lot of these anti-aging creams. Like sometimes when I go into her bathroom and try to borrow like a mascara from her or something, I just see all of these creams. And she doesn't need that, you know? But it just shows that the, it works. People are making money this way. Preferably, we could get them to stop, but it's not gonna stop under our consumerist, capitalist culture. So maybe we can try to get these advertising companies to maybe shift their um, target audience. Maybe make it, maybe target both men and women for these. I mean, it's still kind of crappy. You're still making people feel insecure for something that happens naturally, but at least they're not singling out women anymore, if that makes sense. I've seen some retinol commercials too. You, you know what retinol is, correct? Mm -hmm. From what I've read on the internet, they recommend you starting using retinol in your 20s. So it's scary just how early this begins. Exactly. I mean, people in their 30s think that they're old and it's, I don't know, like every single, my cousin, every single one of her birthdays she's always super super depressed she's in her 30s she's not old but every single birthday she just gets into a really depressive mood she doesn't really want to see anybody and it's because she doesn't like the concept of her aging it's so sad that someone so young is so afraid of something that happens to everybody you know it's a natural process it happens why are we so deeply ashamed of getting older. I mean, there's a lot of beauty in aging too. It means you have more life experience. It means that the way that you see the world has probably changed many, many different times. It means that you've met a lot of people who you've learned from. It means, and also wrinkles, you know, sometimes they're caused, they're caused by stress sometimes, but they're also caused by smiling a lot. And that kind of stuff too. Isn't that kind of beautiful to know that someone has wrinkles because they've smiled a lot over their life? I mean, that's awesome. The way that we see aging in general, I mean, for men and women too, because once again, men are also targeted by this, maybe not as heavily, but they are. It's just kind of sad. And so Dasha, do you have any final comments about anything we've discussed or anything we forgot to discuss that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, back when I was talking about the early modern stuff, I was talking about like how the humoralism theory was challenged 
Um, the reason I didn't keep on talking about that, even though I wanted to, is because I kind of forgot the name of the person who challenged the theory. And there was also like, I kind of forgot about human moralism in the way that people treat diseases. I don't remember whether people used to treat like with like or with opposites, but I'll have to get back to you on that. I should know this, but it's blanking my mind. So just clarification on that. Another aspect that we can criticize, of course, is how we talk about aging in the medical community too. And I'm not talking about like the actual medical community, but I'm talking about like how people are portrayed by medicine in films. I don't have a lot of particular comments on that, but I think that that would be kind of an interesting um, little project, analysis project, if anyone ever wants to take it up to find a bunch of movies where there's like maybe medical practitioners who are um, helping older folks and basic or maybe women who are giving birth and that kind of stuff and see how they talk about the, their patients based on their age and their gender versus how they talk to their male young patients and that stuff. I think that that would be something really interesting to do. My last final comment is I can't wait to be old. I'm ready to retire already. <laughs> I'm only 19, but let's do it. I'm going to be the best old person in the entire world. I'm already really good at sitting on rocking chairs and sewing stuff. Some of the old ladies that I see that come into my store are my inspiration, like different colored hair, like literally saying or doing whatever they want. I want to have that energy as an old person. I'm ready. All right, Dr. Tropko, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast, especially because you're you're still packing for your apartment and also because your classes start pretty soon. So thank you again. 